It's Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the Bernabeu! That's a shaman! Giroud plays it in the middle! Ahead again! And Ramsey arriving! And Arsenal are back in front! Scores in the FA Cup final again! Just as he did in 20... Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. We've uh, had a bit of a break. Um, it's been quite, dare I say, welcome after a bit of a stale January, and I'm quite glad to see the back of that. But hey, we're a week past January, and we are a week past possibly the most pressing month in a long time, going out of a couple of cups, getting a few red cards. Um, but hey, here to cheer us up is Steve from In The Clock End Podcast. How you doing, mate? Hello, mate. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. I think, I think you might be the omen um, of why Arsenal's demise, because we just figured out that we haven't recorded a podcast together since since December. Was that was that back when we used to score goals? <laughs> I think that was when we used to score goals. That's absolutely right. And when, crucially, Tommy Astley was fit. What a time to be alive that was. Oh, do you remember those days with a nailed down first 11, a, a goal those scoring? Days, oh, it was just exceptional. And that here we are, 20, 28, 30 days later. And, you know, it's it's all going it's all, down. But it's, yeah, it's all gone to shit, mate. It has, it has. But hey, look, 17 games left, one tournament to focus on. What could possibly go wrong? You know? Yeah. Easily. Um, Many <laughs> Yeah, oh God, I know. I mean, it turns out, really, I mean, in, in all reality, that if we get one injury anywhere towards the back, then we're pretty much in trouble. Um, we can get into this, I'm sure. But look, I mean, normally what we do is we'd go through some of a recent game um, or anything that's happened particularly recently. But, you know, as far as... Um, any any news is concerned it's really just been ben white getting a little kiss in dubai which i which i believe was uh circling around the internet for a little bit but they've had their warm weather training whilst we've been enjoying the the warm winds of london um and of course worst of yourself steve so um absolutely uh it's let's get stuck into um what we can do today is we just answer everybody's questions um thanks for everyone for submitting them there's been some there's been some really good ones actually that we're looking forward to get stuck into um, some of them are quite funny as well. So, I mean, Stevie, mate, do you want to perhaps jump in and ask one? Oh, okay. Wasn't expecting that. You've, you've thrown, thrown a curveball. Certainly have, my friend. Um, Keeping you on okay. your toes. It's a, it's, it's a question and answer. Yeah. Okay. So, we'll start off. We'll ease our way in. Okay. Um, if Tommy is out, who do you play right back against Wolves? And that was sent in from Tanya Fuzzard. Mm, okay. So, good old Tanya. Good old Tanya. She always has a good question to ask. Um, so I think she's got a couple of here, actually, which are, some of which are very good as well. Um, so it's it's a great question because I think, firstly, by Tommy Asu being injured and a few things happening to him or of him not being in contention has really highlighted the importance of of a maybe not just Tommy Asu, but just the idea of a good right back. Um, it, it seems to anchor everything we do, right? And without Tommy, we do look a bit shaky. We push Ben White out usually. Um, Rob Holding fills in at right centre back, and then we just keep Gabriel and Tierney. So, uh, and and I do think, I do think that would be the best option, particularly now. Now Chambers has gone. Um, Cedric just doesn't do it for me. And I think anything that really includes Cedric coming back into the right back slot, it just 
I, I, I can't live with it, to be honest. Um, I, and, you know, it's kind of maybe thoughts of Nuno going there, and uh, which I think would be the best next best option. Um, but I think that puts Tierney out of sync and they tend to do quite similar things, not similar things, but they tend to occupy a lot of similar positions by going forward. And then we're left with, you know, Tommy Asu gives us that extra third centre-back in a sense. And um, I guess that's kind of the next best thing is Ben White. Um, the difficulty is... Rob, Rob Holding's a bit of a backs against the wall defender and, you know, especially a couple of the games we've got coming up, he's he's not really a passer, he doesn't really get in front, he doesn't really, he does he's not a very good front-footed, you know, ball-playing centre-back, is he really? So I I would lean towards Ben White going right back. I don't know, what do you think? I'm, I'm, I'm not sold on any of these ideas quite yet. No, I mean, it, I think it goes to show that, you know, our, our kind of best, best 11 maybe best nine mm. is pretty good but then you sort of scratch the surface we haven't got a lot of quality and depth have we really um i think i think i would back that I'd, I'd say you know ben white out to right back and then bring rob holden in alternatively you could always go with a back five um mm. and then sort of push tierney and then maybe put um nuno tavares as a sort of a right wing back yeah um, because I've because it gives you a bit more defensive with three cent and a half, but so then again, you know, going up against walls is that not a little bit too negative? Um, yeah, I think you'll go, I think you'll go Ben White. I think that's the only option. I can, I'd be very, I'd be very shocked to see Cedric play right back. Yeah, yeah, look, I, I would be even more shocked if, um, if we did go three at the back, and I do think that is a very good option. Um, in in the long term if we're playing against the big teams we do have some big games against the likes of liverpool um and to be honest most of them there are 17 games left to be fair so mm. it, there are going to be days where i do think that could be viable if we are missing tomiyasu but you know against wolves who no yeah i agree know, uh, we, we should be winning this game and don't let's not forget well i'm quite scared about wolves you know because that anything goes wrong and um you know they get the three points and they're ahead of us you know how did that happen, mate? Exactly. Well, we've got to win. Such a mad season. It is, I was thinking. I was thinking back to when we played them last season. What mm-hmm. a kick in the teeth! I remember the first forty-five minutes was completely dominant. We should have been about three or four ahead, and then David Luiz has a mad moment, and then we, you know, he had the softest red card. If you remember, he sort of brushed oh. against. I can't remember the, the Wolves player's foot. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we completely capitulated in the second half. And I think Leno got sent off as well in that game. Did he? Did he get sent off in that it's game? When Leno ran out, I think. Oh yeah. Well, I. We just. It was, went, a, we just it lost was a really. Head. It was a tough one to take, wasn't it? Because they we we went ahead quite early. I seem to remember, and we were doing so well. We were battering them, yeah. We were, yeah, we were absolutely having them, and uh, there was a few decisions that I remember seemed to be seemed to be a bit quite questionable, and then obviously there was the David Louise one, and then. Um, Jao Martino scores an absolute screamer from 30 yards and it's just like oh for god's sake come on but I, I still that red card incident doesn't happen we go on and win that game and it's you know that that ultimately was the difference between Europe and non-Europe so yeah. you know decisions like that literally killed us last season fine margins mate fine margins fine margins and I, I, I do think that you you know like you say take a couple of teams out of this this you know, out of this team, so got players out of the team, and then it, it really does look thin. And I think we're having to rely on fine margins again. Actually, I'm quite confident with our first eleven. 
I, I do like them. I think we are a bit of a weaker t- squad without Aubameyang, but you know, there's been a lot of. I'm not, I think there's probably a few questions on this. To be fair, but we, we, I think it's undeniable that this season in particular, we've been a much better team without Aubameyang. But we do are going to miss him, like coming from the bench. Um, we are going to miss his presence, I guess, or perhaps not, depending on how you think. We're not. We're not going to miss his lack of goals, anyway. No, we're definitely going to miss his lack of goals. But I, it was a really interesting stat, and um, obviously there are many many contributing factors to both of these but the sample size is probably big enough to deduce something from it right did you know so the the average expected goals to expected goals so expected goals conceded versus expected goals scored now look i can't remember the exact numbers but when abamyang's on the pitch it's about 0.9 or 1.2 that region of goals scored expected and about the same in return so on our balance we're not conceding too many, but um, we are, um, you know, we're not really scoring that many either. Mm. And then with Lacazette on the pitch, whilst he doesn't really score himself, it's about 2.4 expected goals um, scored and, and like even less um, in defence as well. And it, it's quite, that was quite telling considering really some of the response that Lacazette's been getting versus Aubameyang. So it's a massive leap actually that is, isn't it? It's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you can really see it when we play because it, it has felt like, particularly since the new contract, we've been really trying to shoehorn him in. And, you know, you do look back at those times and we gave a 250k a week contract to a, a 31-year-old that we clearly didn't really have a proper plan for. No. You know, he was out on the left for a bit where we played in a back five. Um, we played him through the middle. That wasn't working. We had a couple of games out on the right, I seem to remember, that didn't work at all either. And... Um, it, it, looking back was suicide and I think we've probably done quite well to get out of the contract and even if we did have to pay 7 million and pay a little bit out, out of it a, a little yeah. bit as wages too well I think the thing is with the Aubameyang contract I think at the time we were, we were all desperate for him to sign but mm. the, if anyone's told you any different than Lyon we, we all wanted him to stay and I think if the club hadn't have given him that deal I think we'd have all been writing um, yeah. unfortunately you know we, we rolled the dice and it didn't work out and uh, listen, at least it's not, we're not, we haven't got another Ozil situation on our hands where it's not kind of hanging over us. It's been dealt with quite quickly mm. and um, we can all move on. And I, and I think, listen, if, if we didn't, if we weren't so short in that area on the field, I think it wouldn't have been such an issue but because we are so light up front. Eddie doesn't score. Lacazette um, isn't really a goal scorer. Yeah. It, it sort of amplifies the situation, but... I think, listen, regardless of what happened to Aubameyang, I think he wouldn't have played anyway. I think if he'd have stayed at the club, I don't think we'd have played him again. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's weird. And, um, you know, actually continuing that, Theodore um, underscoreingi has asked us, what do you think about Aubameyang at Barcelona? And I'm intrigued because I, I said this on the last week, uh, on the last week's podcast, and I did say, like, I, I do think this Arsenal team set up for whatever reason, for better or worse, isn't really set up for a centre-forward to succeed. Um, it kind of feels like it's... I don't want to call it a false nine because I just don't think that's accurate, but it's definitely got the feel of a creative pivot rather than a, like a goal-scoring threat. We kind of... If if an, a striker needs to succeed at Arsenal, they're going to have to be an all-singing and all-dancing beast of a striker to do so. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I, I'm interested to see how Aubameyang does at Barcelona. I don't know what you think, how he's going to get on. Do you know what Barcelona remind me of? Do you what? remember when, like, Big Brother 
was in like the last stages when it went to like Channel Five, and they <laughs> yeah. were sort of, you know, really sort of um, scraping the barrel for sort of you know Z-list celebrities. That yeah. matters what Barcelona is now. Yeah, um, anyone who has been something in their career, they'll take them. Um, <laughs> do you know? Do you know what I mean? I think. Listen, I think he's. Got, I think he's got goals in him still, and I think he'll score a few. But he's a million miles away, and I think it's night and day. You know, yeah. Um, if you, you compare the player two or three years ago to what he is now, um, and I think you've you've really hit a nail on the head there in terms of like what striker would work us would would fit our system. I think mm. that we do need like an Alexis Sanchez style attacking player, someone who is who is so um, diverse in their game. Whereas Aubameyang, if he's not scoring, he's not really doing anything for you. And you yeah. know, whereas you compare Lacazette doesn't really score, but his work rate and the, the the sort of kind of the the, the way he brings the, the attacking play together um it's, yeah. you know, it's second to none right definitely and i think he he he's very good at allowing saka martinelli smith rowe odegaard whoever it be to shine mm. um he, he has his moments and we're all like effing blind when he misses a, a sitter against uh, burnley but but mm. i think he, he he's been playing quite well and i think it's it's been really unfair on him really obviously other than the obvious it's quite annoying but um, he has been one of our certainly more creative players. Um, I'd lean on to say one of our better players, the way he can actually make others better. Um, you know, we all remember when Aubameyang was was around for the last couple of months um, that he was playing and it did feel a bit blunt. Um, and, you know, the, the alternative is Eddie coming off the bench and it's just not quite the one, is it? But yeah. I hope Aubameyang does well, you know. I, I, I do like him and there was an end to it that was sad and he is a bit... Um, you know, the curse of the contract, right? The curse of the contracts, exactly, mate. So it is what it is. But um, I wonder, is there a question here? I actually don't remember seeing one, to be fair. Um, but this would actually, this plays into this. Okay, so Kane Harrison has asked, would you give Martinelli a start up front now Aubameyang has gone? And uh, my question to you, Steve, as a back of that, um, would be, uh, would you give him the number 14? So a couple of questions in there for you, mate. Hmm. unpack that where to start where to start in terms of the shirt number that's that, that's going to be on you know on the summer agenda isn't it um mm. listen i think martinelli is a big part of our future and um that's clear for all to see and i think i i can see no issue in him getting number 14 unless we were to go out and buy you know spend some serious money on a big signing um and I don't know if we do that. I, I, th- I think people will come in, but I don't. But I feel like under Eddie and Arteta, we've got this vision. You know, we're building for the future, right? We're bringing a certain type of player. Mm. So I don't know if we go out and buy anyone ready-made. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. So I think in that respect, I think it does depend on that. But I think absolutely, you know, I'd love to see him in the number 14. I think it's, it's very possible. Um, and the other part of the question was, do I, do I think he'll go down the centre? Yeah, it's definitely potential for Kane it. Harrison, um, yeah. But, I mean, listen, what, what you can do is, you know, Smith Rowe does work out on that left-hand side. If you have Odegaard down the middle, Smith Rowe does work on the left. So there's there's an opportunity there to put Martinelli up front. Um, yeah. Alternatively, um, you could also bring in Nicolas Pepe, who I think we all forgot we had. <laughs> it's been that long since we've seen him. You could Because yeah. Pepe is much better on the left-hand side. Um, he, he is. He, he he really is. He's not. Um, he's never going to get on the right again. That's Saka's position. The Saka's a million miles ahead of him. But it's just, 
I just I feel like we're all sort of banging our head against the wall with, with Pepe because it's like how many more opportunities do you give the guy before you, you sort of say let's 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 cut you know all ties. But I think listen uh, with the limited options we've got until the end of the season, I'd, I'd like to see you know Martinelli given that opportunity, mm. um, especially because Lacazette hasn't got the fitness for it. You know, I, I'd much rather see the likes of Lacazette um, coming on as a sub. So you give Martinelli an hour, yeah, down the middle, and then if it doesn't work, you've got Mart- you've got a fresh Lacazette for half an hour. Who you know, who's, he's going to burst his balls. You know, he's going to he's going to you know he's not going to stop running for that half an hour. Whereas you, you you play him for the full ninety, he's done right. Yeah, I I I think you're right, and you know Lacazette in particular has never been. A ninety-minute player really has he? He's, he's, he gets led in those feet quite quickly when he gets quite tired. But you know he's he's been really good this season so far. To, in in what we know he can give us. But um, yeah, get, get, on your point about uh, Pepe, um, I believe Kane Harris actually had a question about that somewhere, which I can't find as well. But that's it's it's interesting. Um, I, I relate Pepe to uh, sometimes I think a little bit of like religion. You know, you, you know. Let's say you hear about these people who you know you're going to die you know it, it, at, at death's door what do you turn to a religion maybe you haven't believed in anything all your life but you'll turn to a religion maybe <laughs> some people do some people don't when we're not scoring goals and when things go to crap we always forget about uh <laughs> about pepe until it's like oh it must be pepe oh hang on we got pepe he's the he'll be the answer to all of our problems you know what i mean and then he yeah. plays for five games and we're like oh my god get him off he's never playing for us again 72 <laughs> million and then we'll leave him for 10 games and we'll go do you know who will be our savior literally and our prophet and it's like oh god it's, it's like groundhog day it, it certainly is and I, and I think we're there again and i'd love to give him a go but you know I, further you know to, to the um, original question i would absolutely um give martinelli a, a shout up top I, I would do it the opposite way around to start i'd even like start with martinelli on the left and then move him up to the center once uh, lacazette's had 60 minutes or whatever it may be um then bring emil smith row on or you know there's a definite front four that we can interchange there which is very exciting with regards to number 14 i i give him it i mean if we've had any evidence from saka and smith row is that promoting him people up to an uh, like a first team first team number must do wonders to their confidence and it's like kind of this ownership this responsibility you're given this kind of validation of your own play and your own skill and i think martinelli he's a bit of an arm around the shoulder kind of guy and from from you know what i, I can only guess to be honest but um he does look like that and i do wonder if going arteta slapping it down saying here you go this is this is your number massive statement isn't it huge statement and i just think martinelli is that kind of confidence player and if he's got that and he's strutting around Hey, uh, not Halen, sorry. God, I've lost my um London Colney, Jesus. He's mm. around Colney was number 14 on this thing, and you know, getting onto the pitch. He's, I just think he might be a changed man. And I've loved the last few 14s we have. Obviously, Henri's the number one, but you know, you've got your Abamyang's Theo Walcott. I mean, these are hero players at, at, at the clubs. Um, I mean, who was there anyone before that that that's from your memory? It was 14 prior to one ray. This is really thinking. It's really because I don't think I don't seem to remember it being a significant number. I must say that it is going a bit beyond my age at that point, though. Let me just double check. Yeah, before Henri. It wasn't Martin Kane, was it? Martin Keown? No, because he was number four. Was he not? I mean, I'm going back to the 90s. Yeah. Oh, no, number four would have been Tony Adams. 
14. Martin Keown. Was it? Yeah. But he played in the same team as Henri, didn't he? Martin Keown wore number 14 until 1999, 2000. There you go. Wow. So what did uh, Henri get when he moved? He was always 14. 14. Yeah. He right, forgot. okay. When Henri so signed. They, actually, I would have thought they played together. That is an overlap. Oh, okay. Yeah, they did. Uh, and then Keown um, was number five, I believe, after that. Oh, Okay. That yeah. is interesting. Yeah, he went to five. There you go. I was right. Oh. I thought I thought he was fourteen. Wow. Knowledge is power, my friend. Doesn't so, get you anywhere, but yeah, it was, you know, close <laughs> enough. He, he was fourteen. Crikey! Yeah. Well, there you go. You got some legends there. Um, there you go. Wow. Until oh, I'm looking at all the pictures now. Yeah, weird guy though. Very very weird guy. He always, if you notice, when he commentates, he just always says, "By the way." By the way. Yeah, he goes. It, he'll, he'll make a point and then say, by the way, at the end of everything, you'll, you'll, you'll pick this up and all the listeners at home will start watching him and they'll say things. He goes, oh, and what a player, by the way. And uh, things like that. <laughs> I can so, see it now. Yeah, yeah. You're, I, saw, you're, I saw him the other day, actually. You saw him? Because uh, he, he, he goes down to do talk sport, doesn't he, on a Friday. Okay. Saw him well, at the train station. I've met him before. Really? Nice yeah, I met him on the train, like, last year. Got a little, uh, literally right next to me, I've got, like, a signed thing to Steve. Best wishes, Martin Keown. That's really nice. Yeah. He's really friendly. Like, he's such a nice guy. When he got off the train, he's like, cheers, Steve. Oh, it's like a fan girl. Honestly, it was, it, was a, it was really nice. What a lovely guy. Do you know what? Like, that's, that's always, um, it's quite heartwarming, isn't it? When, you know, you get players like that who, you, you hear bad stories, don't you, about meeting your heroes and all that jazz. Like, yeah. I, I've heard Henri's not, like, the most pleasant to people. Oh, I bet. You know, to be that good at football and to be that successful, you've got to have a, I guess, a certain amount of arrogance and yeah, you know, I agree. An attitude, but that's you know, that's football, that's, mate. That's that's football. And that's you know, that's how you become. Um, that's life. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay, so let's dive into a couple more. We've got, I've got quite a lot, but let's go to what the interesting one. Okay, we've got um, Shreyas B ten. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Has said. If we fail to qualify for the Champions League and have to sell one player to raise money, who would it be and why? Um, so I've just realised I've probably asked a few questions here. You're, you're going to ask it. No, it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a good one because to unpack there, I think what you've kind of got to assume there is there's a couple of components. So we fail to, let's say if we do fail to qualify for the Champions League, which isn't looking unlikely, um, then that is a consequence of then meaning that we have to sell a player. But, oh, no, okay, yeah, I understand. Sorry, I was going to say, does that mean if we sell that player, we definitely get into the Champions League? But no, it's just having to sell that player. I mean, oh, this could be quite a dark conversation. What do you, what do you think, Eddie? I'm, ho- I'm hoping that <laughs> someone comes along who's never watched Nicolas Pepe play football, and we say, listen, we bought him for 72 million, give us 60, and we'll call it quits. Someone who has someone who loves YouTube but doesn't like watching games. Yeah, he's watched those. You know, like when there's like a, a release and some ITK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Release like a, a montage of clips. Mm. That's what we need. Get on it, mate. You're quite. Are you, are you, can you, are you any good at video editing? Uh, my, my boy Niels does that. I don't. Yeah. I, don't I don't do get it. Yeah, we can get one. Out. We'll, we'll go around the clubs, pass that to TV. Well, like um, a little, like a little um, summer sale. We'll, yeah. We'll go and get a CV. We'll edit a YouTube video, uh, best compilation. We'll we'll give I don't know. We'll give Barcelona a call. Say, listen, listen. 
you know that Aubameyang guy who was you know great I mean look you can you can have you can have this Nicola Pepe guy for an absolute steal three no 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 60. only 60 60 tell you what 55 call it quits, 45 quits. um yeah. Jokes aside, I think, it, I think the thing is this question: it all depends on like how much money you're trying to recuperate, right? Mm. If you, if you, you know, if you're trying to sort of reinvest back into the team, you're kind of looking at the Sackers, uh, the Emerson Smith Rose, Martinelli's, Thomas Partey's, uh, Ben White to the world, Kieran Tierney. Mm. These are the guys who, you know, even in the post-COVID market, you're probably going to be looking at like I don't know, forty to sixty million, maybe. Um, Surely, especially surely when like that for great, wow, yeah. I mean, great with Greenish going for a hundred million, it sort of kind of lifts the market. I don't know. Mm. Um, maybe Martin Odegaard. Mm. I guess I, I could see him. I, 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 I'd happily let him go because I feel like with the other ones, you feel more connected because of their sort of roots. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean, and there's. It feels more replaceable than, yeah. than that. Um, it's poor. I tell you what, it is a tough one because you do feel for these players, and you know that I, I do fear because it's up to us to give them the best place that they can feel like they can thrive. And if we're not getting Champions League consistently, because I can tell you what, like if it, this year and next season feels even more important than ever, because let's say we don't get it this season, which isn't unlikely, then we've got to get it next season. Otherwise, what, that'll be seven years without Champions League? Massive. And that's I mean, when that is completely different. Mm. Star players start to sort of, you know, look look elsewhere. I mean, I, I keep seeing a picture on Twitter, a sack of Liverpool shit. It makes me feel sick. Have you seen that? It keeps doing the rounds. I actually haven't, to be fair. I mean, I, I just don't see that happening. No. I, I, I don't I, think, I, I don't think have Liverpool have it. They don't have... Um, the money, I, I, I just don't think that would happen. Like, like I don't think... I, I think the, the top three nailed for the next 10 years is going to be Chelsea, City and um, United, probably. You think, think they will fall away, do you? Yeah, I do. I bet the, the, Structurally and financially, they aren't anywhere near as strong as United, Chelsea or City. No. Um, and now, obviously, Newcastle as well. But let's yeah. see how that pans out before making any judgments. Um, they are very reliant on a few individuals. And, and mm. yeah, they are very thin on the ground as well. Mm. They listen. They've got a great manager, and they've got an unbelievable front three that they've kind of they, they haven't stum, stumbled upon it. Um, but but they've they've actually outsmarted the market. But they have had to outsmart the market. Whereas Chelsea, City, and obviously United are where they are at the moment. But they they can just spend and they can just keep going into this. And you know, United have spent nearly half a billion in the last few years, and still haven't won a trophy in the five years. So it, it, they will be fine. It's things you love to hear, right? Yeah, exactly right. So <laughs> it's so funny, but it's it. Uh, so, so I I do see Liverpool. Don't it's it's easy to forget that they they were awful for a long time. Like, yeah, long. They, they were down in I'm, seventh, eighth when it when a top four really was a top four. Like it's you know it's that 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 was them not being structurally great. And even just before Klopp came, they they were down in fifth and sixth. And it's just really down to yeah. a, a bit of a bit of good decision making. Um, that I don't think will last forever because I think other people are catching up with their outsmarting the marketness and hopefully that's up to us. But I, I fundamentally, I think that fourth spot is going to be continuously up for grabs. And oh, even if we get Champions League, I just don't think it's like, you've got to get are it. Are we again. ready, right? Well, you've got to get it again. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? You don't, don't just stop there. It. 
you don't just yeah, yeah you don't just like get it and then you get it like you've got to keep going back and keep getting it and you know the Premier League is getting more and more competitive and you know only becoming more and more difficult for you know getting different international markets coming in and buying up and investing in teams Everton are the latest one Villa have got a lot of money at the moment Leicester have done very well West Ham seem to be doing very well and seem to have a bit more cash now that they're in that new stadium and have got a bit more cash to play with and it's like it's not easy no it's not the the landscape has really changed hasn't it it's not it's not the you know the, the old days where it was Arsenal Man United Liverpool and Chelsea that, that traditional top four has, has kind of been blown wide open it's there's yeah, it's easy for clubs like Arsenal now to kind of find themselves in eighth, ninth, tenth position. And you know, there, are, there are multiple teams who are better than you. Um, they're not an easy time, is it? And I think as well, you know, with Arsenal, I think it's sort of come at a time where, where Wenger was sort of, we're really kind of going off on a tangent here, but where Wenger yeah. was sort of coming to the end of his sort of reign. And I think the timing of what was happening in our club and the timing of other clubs... It, yeah, it couldn't have it couldn't have gone any worse, really. <laughs> no, absolutely not, mate. God, what was the question again? <laughs> no, <laughs> no idea. No idea. But go um, on, your your turn anyway. Um, oh, that was it. Uh, that was the fail to qualify for. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I think we got to the bottom of that. Erdegaard, basically, definitely not Highlanders. Basically, yeah. Yeah, I'd be um, sad, but yeah. Yeah. So you know, you know me. I like the sort of funnier questions. Um, so sure. from Tanya Fazard again. She loves a funny question. She loves a funny question. Tanya, keep them coming. Um, which current Arsenal player would you most and least like to get stuck in a lift with? Great question. That's it. Um, well, until we spoke just now, I do think Martin Keown would be one of the least that I'd like to get stuck in because. That's current, I'm afraid. Oh, current? Yeah. Oh, mate. Okay. I'm, I'm, I am so sorry. Okay. Um, do you have a ready-made answer for this? That... Um, uh, yeah, sort of. I, I, I know who I'd least like to get stuck in the because I that's what I'm struggling with. I think I'd most like to get stuck in with Aaron Ramsdale. Um, oh, got a base. Yeah, but he'd be a laugh. Although he's quite big, he might take up a lot of room. Um, but no, he, he, you'd have a lot of fun for however long you're stuck there. He'd have some good stories. He wouldn't hold back. I'd, I would I love to get stuck in lift with Tierney because I just think be he's just such a nice, down-to-earth guy. Mm. I feel like Ben White would be a bit too like intimidating because he's very handsome mm. and just yeah. He'd handsome. start talking to you about WKD. Yeah, maybe like how a Jack and he'd talk to you about like how best to, to like chat up girls. Yeah, like, he'd probably on, sort of give me a. I mean, he could, he might give me like a hair tutorial. Yeah, like, that would be quite annoying. But I think, um, yeah, Kieran Tierney, I think for me, because he's just, just a nice guy, isn't he? He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Like, I, I, do, I do think he's quite serious, though. I do get that vibe, um, which is we'd fine. We'd probably get out the lift quite soon with him there. Sorry? We'd probably, be, we'd probably get out the lift quite fast because he'd yeah. be on it. Like, and if you were cold, he wouldn't be able to lend you his coat because he wouldn't have a coat. <laughs> You know that's I mean? a good point and he'd have yeah. a Tesco carry bag so he might have like a cheeky meal deal in there that's true yeah 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 it'd be down to worth food but this is where like so so Ramsdale I, th- I think I'm going to go Ramsdale because I All think right. he's for, for me because he's a lot of fun he could tell you some stories and he wouldn't hold back yeah. um, you know you have a great laugh with him I, I think you're onto something with Ben White because I think he would just start talking to you about like 
girls and like times that he could like maybe have got with someone it's like he is a proper lad 100%, he's he's, he's just an absolute and I, I don't know if i could deal with that i just know yeah. a bit like ah oh, okay how old he's got the you jack and, yeah um but i feel a bit bad saying that because i mean maybe maybe i'd want actually to be locked in with pepe for long enough to slap some sense into him yeah you know you've got these skills use them you know <laughs> um that could be quite nice um is there any other player i feel like i'd need and just maybe we, we could be approaching this from the one way like are we looking to have fun with the player here and enjoy our time or are we looking to like slap them about and tell them you need to start playing like this because quite frankly i don't know what on earth you're doing sure eddie what? get him in an hour from eddie and catch you in the lift eddie what do you mean you're not accepting new contracts you're not gonna get a better one anywhere else mate no, don't start. Don't get him to stay. No, <laughs> I know, I know. But like, I don't want him to stay. But I mean, you know, a bit of a you how know. dare you? Do you need? Yeah, to it is. You are, mate, it's sort and of like, like you're not. You're not even good enough for for, uh, yeah. for Burnley, mate. If I'm honest, mate, if you can't score two headers from like two yards, don't. Um, we would have got if he'd scored those headers. We would have had four more points. No, no, no. If that's a maybe, it's just still. I, I but, think for me, the least person I like to get stuck in there is. is Eddie and Kaya, because I no, think on the one hand, you'd be like, I've got this really cool situation where I'm stuck in the lift with an Arsenal player, and I love Arsenal, it's amazing, but you'd be so underwhelmed being like, mm. it's Eddie and Kaya. Like, yeah. It's uh, uh, what could have been, right? I know, I know. Well, um, okay, so who's who's your least favourite then? Who are you going to say your least? Eddie. You are saying that? Okay, I'm going to say... Yeah, I, I reckon, it, I reckon it's, it's probably Ben White. You know, I, li- I really like Ben White, but I just think he, he's... I think we just got quite different lives. You know? I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast. He might be uh, really offended. He might do. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, if you ever meet him, you can say I do a podcast and actually and a, an Instagram page and you'd be the least... I said you're the least likely person I'd like to get stuck in with. How fun's that, mate? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I actually, I tried to do that when I met Arteta. I tried to show him and he was kind of not really listening and just thought I was asking for a photo. So I obliged and took a photo. Um, oh, were you telling about the Instagram? Were you in the podcast? I was, I was like, because I saw him, I realised we were crossing the road together and I was like, oh my God, Arteta, I, I, I do this, I do this. And I tried to show him my Instagram and he was a bit like, okay, picture. Like, yes, okay. You, you actually have a question from Reese Hollow One. What made you want to make a fan account? Great question. It's a great question. Well, um, well, so it's been in conjunction with a uh, mate of mine called Nils, who's very much been running a lot of growing the social and things like that. Um, but so it's kind of grown organically from uh, a love of Arsenal from from that and wanting to do something a bit more front-facing, you know. And, and to be honest, mate, uh, there are some unnamed, um, very, very toxic well an an unnamed uh, very toxic fan account that i was quite bored of and it was quite embarrassing to see um at points i think in the journalists in, in like a journalist world and i thought it'd be quite good to 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 perhaps add, add a bit of positivity to the world i don't know about I'd love you. to hear who that is off podcast i'll ask <laughs> you at the end i'm sure you wouldn't be able to guess no you can tell me after i'm intrigued i'm interested to know well i mean <laughs> Okay, I mean it's quite a famous one, but you know, okay. uh, no, it's fine. Uh, no, 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 I, I, I am semi-joking. Like you know, just like he's not joking. <laughs> <laughs> he's being deadly serious. 
No, look, there's there's a lot more positivity to spread than toxic um, is, videos that you share on Instagram and YouTube. Oh. Let's put it that way. Um, but you know, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, that was slightly more no, because Arsenal's great and it's fun to talk about. And yeah, just I if you're going to talk about you. it down to the pub, at the pub, then it's quite a good opportunity to do it. But semi, you know, so else, everyone else can hear it. What about you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for those who don't follow me, why don't you follow me? Um, on in the clock end see, for me there. it's all about just like i really want to start a podcast so i thought the best way to do it is to sort of try and meet your fellow arsenal fans um mm. and yeah so if you if you like match day photos and videos of people in the pub singing drinking mm. come over to my page your Spray. photos for match days are so good you've got this like knack of being able to um, like tell a story from a picture that doesn't seem like it's a, a story worth telling. Oh, and then, thanks, mate. Like, like obviously, what like the, the the amazing like match ones is that. But you'll take like a picture of, um, like it'll be the sign of an entrance or, or something like that going into the stadium, and it'll be like what would be like a regular normal photo. But there's something about the style in which you do it. It just looks like it's really telling a really cool story. Thanks, I'm, mate. I'm captivated. So I, I would very much recommend everyone anyone. You have um, to start sharing them on your ass, maybe. I will, mate. The I will. Maybe that's maybe that's what I'll do next. Because the algorithm is just not helping me out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on about Instagram at the moment. It's a load of crap. Maybe I think it's maybe everyone's just going to TikTok. Oh, but the thing is, what I I don't like. I mean, I like the reels, but like I'm all about photos. That's what I'm for, all for. Like I just like photography, mm-hmm. and I feel like Instagram are just sort of selling out, trying to go for all the. They're, they're trying to become the new TikTok, aren't they? It's like, this is not why we're on Instagram. No, no. I, I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's it's very frustrating, but I think we just might be old and, and and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Grumpy, mate. Might be old and grumpy, and maybe it's maybe it's just not what the kids want these days, mate. Not what the kids want. Well, we're not down with the kids. I saw I saw a really funny uh, thing on Instagram saying, it said, one minute you're young and wild, the next you're into Air Forest. That is me. <laughs> that is mate, me. Hoovers. I'm at that level. Hoovers, mate. I am like we 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 were looking at new Hoovers recently. We got one, and we did get one second hand in the end, and not made of money. And um, and oh, mate, a solid Dyson. I mean, the things it's, it can do Ooh. is incredible, mate. It, it really Cordless. is. Mm. Oh yes, oh, we've yeah. we've got a shark. We've got two. Actually. Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah. What what, what nice. two for? You got a small one and a big one. We got well. We got one handed to us. Firm, okay. it was uh Steph's parents didn't need it and then they bought us one when we moved house mm. so yeah it's oh, very nice right. mate have you have you have you ever come across um slightly different to halubas but more on the being old and being interested in this sort of it is the flora have you ever yeah we use that great great cleaning just um, for soaking cloths products. as well yeah great for soaking cloths i mean the smell that you get from when you're cleaning the surfaces is, is significantly better than what you'd get from your normal I uh, love that we've think? ended this podcast before. <laughs> it's so funny. You know what Steph does as well is a is a thing like she learned off Mrs. Hinch. Maybe is that correct? Yeah, person? yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Mr. Hinch. Fr- um, came oh yeah, he did a podcast, right? Yeah, he was great. Still Apparently, Miss, Mrs. Hinch does. She puts the flora in the toilet brushes in the toilet in the bathrooms. Really, smelling nice. So Steph crazy. started doing that now. I was like, why is there water in there? She knows the flora. I was like, that isn't because they're they're class. What they do is so good. Um, yeah, I've I've there's a couple of things. Yeah, and and that is a really good idea. Because I've got a new toilet brush recently. Um, there you go, mate. Uh, that Put some Sephora, some water, keeps it all nice. Apparently. Oh, there you go, mate. It'll be a lovely. Your experience. young listeners are going to be thinking, you like, 
Yeah. What is, what is this? Uh, they're going to be life? sitting there in their university rooms eating pizza off a cardboard plate. Oh. And uh, they'll be having a better time than us, quite frankly. No, so. mate, you can't beat a bit of touch of frost. <laughs> bit of, uh, eating pizza oh, with a knife yeah, and fork yeah. and a nice oh. cup of coffee. Okay. No, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. I'm not quite there yet. But um, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been I've been dissecting Dragon's Den recently. I've been quite enjoying that. Um, oh, yeah. quite, quite good in like 10 minute sound bites because the people go on and they do their pitch. But I don't really like seeing watching people succeed. Like people see a darker side to me now, but I quite like seeing people really crumble. I think it's really fun to watch. Um, Evil, man. Yeah, it, maybe that's grumpy of me. But look, hey, it's not that like I don't like people succeeding. That's great. I, I love it when people do, but... For what I want to get out of a TV show is a little bit of misery and a little bit of entertainment. I, I, I'm not that with The Apprentice. I just love sort <laughs> of watching it. them just completely crumble. But they, they edit it so well. They and do. Just the, the pauses and, the, and like the silence and the awkward stares. It's like, oh, it's brilliant. And I, I really miss like the old one when it when he started. It used to be a lot harder. It used to be a lot harsher. Yeah. It's, it's a bit it's a bit nicer, a bit more PC these days. It was, a bit, it was a bit more brutal back in the day. Yeah, Claude used to be an absolute nightmare, didn't he? he used to come in and absolutely hound whoever was in there. Good old Claude. I love it. Love Claude. Um, well, I, I think I think we've gone on to a tangent. I don't really know. Um, Do you want to kind of re- reel it back in with one more question and then we'll, we'll knock it on the head? Yeah, okay. Sure. Um, um, have you got one in front of you that you really want to do? There, there was a good one actually. Um, let me just find it. It was about the process. <laughs> Here we go. From Isaac PXGH. How long do you think it, it, it take for process to succeed? Um, That's a good question. It's also, a bit of an open-ending one, isn't it? Like it is. You're never really going to know when it's because it, football's continues forever and ever. So well, it goes back to the point where. You know, once we've got Champions League, that doesn't stop. Like you've got to keep getting Champions League. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's it's an interesting question. I think addressed uh, first to to address was um, that Arteta actually never said trust the process. You know, like that didn't happen. He was responding to a reporter who was talking about a process, and uh, he said, "Yeah, we have to just respect our process or something like that." It was like so. The words "trust the process" never actually came out of his mouth, um, which I think is quite funny. Um, anyway, tangent again. Um, it's interesting, like, I don't think necessarily, like, Arteta is at the center of building this phase of let's call it a process, but we're definitely part of a rebuild, and I'm definitely behind that because it was, it's, it's been screaming out for a long time that we had structural issues, the foundations of the culture the players we were getting, the agents we were getting into bed with to bring in and the patchwork we were doing and all that sort of stuff. And we've gone, no, we've got a serious issue. Um, by the way, I think a few Premier League teams do at the moment as well, but we've actually identified it and we're restructuring. Um, I think the likes of Spurs and United have been doing what we had been doing for a long time and that's been patchwork, trying to recreate one of their best teams, trying to chase a, you know, the, the dragon, so to speak. And um so I think it's good that we're doing that first off. How long it takes? I mean, how do you measure? That's it. Where's it? That's it. Like, what do you measure? Mm. Look, for me, I, I, I look, I'd love to win a title, but I'm not an idiot. Like, I know that there are far more factors that go into it than that. I would love to be consistently back in the Champions League. Look, take me back to when um, 
you remember like there's that time where sure we might be coming between second and fourth every season but we'd be in and around the champions league up to quarters and semis and hmm. having that hope and just being involved the excitement and, right yeah it's exciting and i i i, I don't like I, I whilst it would be lovely to have a lot of money and then just being able to basically buy the league i i kind of like being i don't want to say an underdog because I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the case but i you know, in and amongst it with a bit of a chance. Yeah. But the Champions League at a top level. And I'd want to see some of the best players around come to the club and love the club in the way that we remember it back in the early, you know, middle 2000s and things like sure. that. What about I you? Think, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I think it's all preference in terms of what you measure it on. I think for me, I just want us to be competitive again. Mm. Um, I was listening to the Stain What Arsenal podcast today and an mm. old episode when they talk about kind of the venue years and all the near misses like 99 where we we, we lost out on the title the 02 where, mm. um, and then like 08 team and there was the list there was it 16 when Leicester win it like all those years and um they were saying like you know god what I'd give now for for a near miss like you know yeah it, it puts it in perspective and you know, all those years where we were we were we were ungrateful about finishing top four and you know the mm. miracles Vega was working with with a very limited budget. Um listen, yeah, I don't know how you can measure it. I think we just want to be competitive and I think we don't like the fact that in recent years it's been a bit of a mess. And you know, you look you look at Man United for a prime example when Ferguson left, you know, when it's what, ten years now and they're still yeah. miles away from 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 where they want to where they where they should be in terms of size. So I think with Arsenal, it's it's a massive process, and you know we, we tried the quick fix. We tried to spend big on certain players, and it didn't really work. And mm. you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different factors. I think I think for me, the bottom line is it's you know I measure I measure the process on getting back to being competitive. And I think you know even this season we've come a long way, um, and you know mm. we're definitely seeing signs of improvement. Right, so Definitely. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really think there's a like a, a real like a penultimate. Can't say the word. You know what I mean? Like a final yeah. answer you can give. Um, I, I don't think you'll ever sort of get there, right? Because you, you might win the league and say, "Well, we completed the process." Then you go again the following season. So yeah, yeah. Just you know, one of those. I mean, you've you've nailed it there by saying you know before it was like back then it was seen as a disappointment to get there and and to get to a point where it was a near miss and obviously a near miss now would be an absolute dream because it's miles away from where we are and you always think you want to go to the next phase the next stage the next stage and it's never a reality it's it's an up and a down and without the downs you don't enjoy the ups um yeah it's all it's know. all about being part of the ride man yeah being part of the journey and just just like that's why i think there's a real big difference in like kind of match going fans and non match going fans because i think for the match goers, it's more about the day out, the and it's in you know, the social aspect you see in friends, and it's you, it's 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 different, right? Because you you mm. might come away from going football, but you've had a really good day out with your mates, and you know, and go, okay, well, I can take that. Whereas if it's sort of you're watching on TV, and it's sort of that's it, that ninety minutes is your football feel, yeah, and you can be a lot more emotionally invested in a different sort of way. So I think it's all about how you look at it. For me, like you know, if Arsenal win the championship, I'd still go every week because I, I really enjoy going like it's so it's you know I'm, I'm not one of these people like there are times where you know you, you're not feeling it if and, you know if that's just that's just life but yeah yeah for me it, it I wouldn't measure it on success I would go regardless because I really enjoy it and you know that's that's the difference for me yeah I think that's fair that's quite a nice way to 
to wrap things up, I think, mate. I think it's a good logical place perhaps to to wrap this one up. We've we've gone from from Martin Keown to uh to the flora. So, you know, I think we've <laughs> you, you covered welcome, yeah, with the, the full spectrum of the Arsenal world. Um and, and every other world, quite frankly. So um well look, we got we got Wolves next. Um at uh, Molyneux. Yes, Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night. That's I'll try and get some nice photos for you from my Instagram. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, mate. I'm, uh, yeah, uh, enjoy it. We'll have to let us know how it is. Perhaps we'll do a podcast next week, and you can tell us all about how it was. Um, yeah. After, of course, we we battled Let's... them five nil with a Martinelli hat trick. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, and I appreciate everyone sending in their questions. That's been it's been very enjoyable, and um, I'm looking forward to to Wolves. And then, are we playing again at the weekend? Is there two games now? No, we're it's it's a, we've got another week off, and then it's Brentford on the nineteenth. It's all happening. It's all happening. Well, yeah. Oh, lovely little rest. Nice. More rest. Right, mate. Well, good to speak to you. Thanks so you much for coming mate. on. And Cheers, uh, we'll see everyone next week. <laughs>